you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. guys it is great to be back with you again this week i hope that everyone is doing well enjoying fall getting their halloween costumes ready My children are dead set on being Star Wars characters, so there it is. Uh, Maybe not the most original thing in the world, but, you know, they get to pick. They get to pick. Mommy had all these creative ideas, all these homemade costumes. They were like, no, we just want to be Kylo Ren and Rey. Buy us the cool lightsabers and let us do our thing. So that's what I'm going to do. I hope that you and your kids are planning something special and fun for Halloween. In the meanwhile, while I click and buy Halloween costumes, I'm also clicking and buying furniture and always thinking about new decor items, new trends, things like that. But the other thing my mind has really been focused on this month is the launch of the Academy. Yes, it officially launched on October 15th, and I have been so excited to see the huge breadth of type of clients that we have gotten in the academy so far people who have never thought about being interior designers who are currently yoga teachers massage therapists people who are real estate agents people who are already taking design clients and just feel like they could use more confidence more tools if this sounds like you somebody who's always had a passion for interior design who doesn't want to go back to a university scale program somebody who wants to take their own clients and do retail and work residentially then the Academy may be a perfect fit. Go to affordableinteriordesign.com, click on the Academy tab, and schedule a call with me where I can tell you if you're a fit after asking about some of your career goals where we can map out your next steps and determine, is the Academy the next place you should go to pursue your design career? Well, I'll let you know. So let me know that you're interested by signing up for a call. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com clicking on the Academy tab. Now, as you know, this mailbag is starting to overflow. So I'm going to dive right in and start talking about it. Here we go. This first one comes from Tara and she writes, Betsy, I love your podcast and I'm making my way through the back episodes now that I am a premium member. 
Can you help me with a cost-effective design for my living room? It is 12 feet by 20 feet with doors on all four walls. One door leads to the garage, one to the dining room, a slider to the backyard, and our front door. My style tends to be traditional or transitional. I recently replaced my sofa with the Ainsley 101 inch from Macy's based on your podcast recommendations for their furniture. There, or I'm sorry, the wall opposite the sofa is built in bookshelves with a TV and I am a big reader. So the shelves are full. While I'd like a rug for part of the space, it is a very high traffic allergy. I'm getting ahead of myself. It's a high traffic area and I have allergies. I need to replace the side chair, but I can't figure out a style or a color. I don't want to buy the matching chair from Macy's. It would be too matchy-matchy and too big for my space. Color choices for the accent pillows and side chair are overwhelming me since the brick wall is such a dominant feature. I tend to like blues, off-whites, grays, and coastal colors. The far end of the room overlooks the backyard and has a desk against the brick wall for when I work from home. Finally, I may not stay in this home for more than another few years, so any new decor and its resources would be done with an eye toward staging. Thank you for your help. Any and all ideas welcome. I am so glad I found your podcast, Tara. All right, Tara. Well, I am so glad you found our podcast too. And I cannot wait to dive in with you and give you some advice because I have thoughts and feelings. So looking at this space, that's right. There is a really prominent brick wall that's on one side of the space. And then there's a very prominent built-in TV unit with those bookcases you referenced and the TV on the other side of the space. But the little wild card for me is that on the brick wall, it's cut into by a doorway. So the room is, you know, I can't get a sense if it's exactly in half, but it seems to be divided pretty much in half by this doorway, which is an interesting challenge and feature. All right. So I love the selection of the Ainsley sofa. And let me answer one of your questions. The question that came up first was about the armchair. So since the Ainsley sofa has very short legs, in fact, they're not dominant at all, the Ainsley practically goes all the way to the floor, I would want you to bring in some contrast with this armchair. That means that I would want the armchair to have legs. Since the Ainsley is in cream, I would want you to make a color choice with this chair, something that's either a pattern, which would help to conceal some stains, or a solid that would align with those colors that you love. Now, for me, I do not see an inspiration piece in this room. Don't be afraid to cover this brick with some art or with a mirror. For resale, I think a mirror would be an amazing choice above the sofa. And then I think you should move that small piece of artwork that's out of scale for above the sofa over to above the desk. Now, perhaps that piece of artwork, even though there's a strong glare, so I can't tell you for sure, perhaps that incorporates the colors that you told me you enjoy, those coastal colors like grays and blues. If so, let's use that as your inspiration piece and jump off of that when selecting the color for the rug, the pillows, the armchair right? Because we don't want to just be picking an armchair that we enjoy the color of. We don't want to just be arbitrarily picking pillows. We want to start with that 
palette bringer, the palette bringer being that inspiration piece from which we will derive our 60-30-10 colors. And these will be really good colors to use when staging as well because as we know in the northern hemisphere, blue is the most popular color. In terms of a high traffic, low profile rugs so that it doesn't upset your allergies, you know I'm going to be recommending floor tiles, F-L-O-R.com. Those are square tiles that stick to each other, not to the floor, so you don't have to worry about any damage. They come in a wide variety of styles as well as colors. They have patterns, different textures, and you lock them together to make the shape and size that you need for this somewhat awkward room. Because I would really hate it if you stopped the rug at that opening for the room that's there, you know, that brick wall separation with that doorway, you shouldn't stop the rug there. While architecturally one might say that divides the room, you can visually divide the room with a rug. I want the rug to go at least partially under that armchair because of course the rug should be at least partially under all the major pieces of seating. And that will also make your living room look much larger, which will be a great help for resale value. Yeah, I think I answered everything. Well, that was easy. That was easy, Tara. I'm glad I could help, and I'm so glad that you're a premium member because you just emailed me yesterday with this question, and I was able to get it on right now, whereas if you wouldn't have been a premium member, you would have gone to the bottom of the mailbag, and I'd have it around Christmas. Yes, the mailbag is that full, people. So if you have a priority question, you'll want to become a premium member as well. For $5.99 a month, you get access to my monthly bonus episodes and my large archive of monthly bonus episodes. Additionally, you get priority. So if you have a burning design question I haven't gotten to yet, go to affordableinteriordesign.com, click on the podcast tab, and become a premium member. It's as easy as that, and it'll get you bumped up to the top of the pack. All right, let me go back to the mailbag and dig in and see what's coming up next. This listener writes, Hi, Betsy, I need your help. I've been using your book and your podcast as my go-to resources since 2016, but now I'm really stuck. Our kitchen is basically orange. The cabinets are builder grade and their orangey faux wood look gives the room a hot feeling. I'm wanting to cool it down with some paint. And since the cabinets aren't solid wood, I love the look of green in a kitchen, but I'm not sure if that would end up making the room feel too dark. And I'm not sure if top and bottom colored cabinets only look good on a high-end budget. Given the lack of space and the light in our kitchen, do we need to go with white uppers? What do you think of white uppers with the colorful lower cabinet trend? White uppers with green lowers would certainly help me achieve the C word, contrast. But part of me really wants to go for it and paint the top and bottom green. The other part of me is saying that it will feel like a cave. Our kitchen gets light mostly, mostly from a south-facing window, but I'm not sure if that's enough light for green cabinetry on the top and on the bottom. Extra info. This kitchen opens up to a dining space that has a north-facing window and is adjacent to a living room. It gets a ton of light, but the kitchen itself is not super light-filled. I'll attach some pictures of the kitchen along with the ones that I've been thinking of for inspiration. The paint color I'm considering is Rosemary by Sherwin-Williams. I also remember on a former podcast you telling someone to add mirrors to brighten a dark kitchen, but I haven't found one that looks right in our space. I would love to hear your thoughts. 
Okay, I would love to give you my thoughts. As I peruse your pictures, I'm thinking to myself, you know, if these cabinets aren't very expensive, then I'm not afraid to paint them. But I would recommend that you have a professional painter do this work because I'm worried that it could look a little DIY'd. And that's not what we want. Cabinets are too big an investment to be taking those type of chances. So I hope that you are paying a professional who will take the hinges off, who will, you know, airbrush these things so the coat is really smooth and so that it's a really professional look looking application. One thing that gives me pause is the central island. So it does have the wood cabinet fronts, but the back of this island appears to be white, white beadboard. And I don't mind that idea, but it looks a little mm, cobbled together. I think something that would make it much more polished is if you would paint both the uppers and lowers white. I know it's tempting to go with the trend of doing the green on the bottom, but I think you can bring in green accents in other ways. You know, you don't have a backsplash, and goodness knows you need a backsplash. I think a green or sage backsplash would be a much better choice because this kitchen is dark. I mean, from the two pictures I have, it does feel a little cavey, and I do worry about that two-tone trend. You know, in my own kitchen, I would never do something that trendy. I'm just worried that with such a pivotal piece, it would go out of fashion too quickly and would be too costly to change again. As you've heard, my recommendation, all white cabinets, sage green backsplash, and match the white from the island or of course repaint the island so that it mimics the white from the cabinets since you do have the cabinet faces on at least one side. Wow, guys, if all questions were this easy, how great would life be, right? I can just solve everything in a two-minute answer on a podcast. Pretty great. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Let's go to my next question. Karen writes, Betsy, I love my new apartment, but the living room has a strange layout. Do you have any tricks for approaching it? So Karen, of course I have tricks for approaching it, but you really want to be systematic when you're creating a layout. I don't know if you listened to last week's schoolhouse episode, but if you haven't, please go back and tune in because 
You want to be systematic. You don't want to rush to your first impression or your first instinct. I use something called the master layout system when I'm deciding what goes where. And in a nutshell, it's a process of elimination. I try every possible option, crossing options off the list before I come to my final floor plan. Because when you're buying those things, when you're putting them where they go, you want to make sure that you've done your due diligence. You want to make sure that there's not another viable option. And in strange spaces, sometimes the layout is not as cut and dried as one might think. So Karen, be sure, really be sure before you pull the trigger on any furniture for this oddly shaped living room. All right, let's get to my next question, which comes from Lindsay. Lindsay writes, Betsy, we're pretty laid back and we have a relaxed sense of style. We want our home to look casual, but not neglected. Do you have any advice? Yes. All right. So you can be laid back. You can be minimal. You don't have to have a strong style for your space to have it look designerly. The first thing that I want to tell you is just tidying up your space, just eliminating clutter and things that you don't absolutely need is a first step towards making your home look awesome. Once you've taken that first step of eliminating those extraneous items, the next thing you want to do is make sure you have a good layout. So just like Karen, you want to go through and systematically ensure that you're using the space properly. You also want to think about balance so that you don't have all the big pieces of furniture on one side of the room and have neglected the other side of the room by not putting enough furniture over there. And you want to think about incorporating some personality because if your style is too laid back, it may look like you're not trying. It may look like a staged apartment where no one actually lives there. So incorporate at least one piece of art that is meaningful to you. Incorporate one set of pillows that has a pattern that will instantly look that like you've tried, instantly look like you're engaged in the space. Another way to add style without a lot of fussiness is to dress your windows. Putting some drapes on your windows will help the space to look complete without you having to accessorize every shelf with tchotchkes and books or make sure that the coffee table has just the right number of balls in the bowl, right? So just dress those windows and add some personal touches Check that layout, make sure that everything's spread around and eliminate that clutter. And I think you'll be good to go, Lindsay. All right, let's get to Molly who has a question. Betsy, we travel a lot. We bring home items as souvenirs. How can we incorporate these items into our decor without making our home look like a bazaar? All right, well, you want to mix them around. You don't want to have too many souvenirs in any one room or in any one location. As I gaze around the room, I want to see some areas with souvenirs and some areas without. And in those moments where, say, you want to hang a mask from Africa or you want to incorporate a rug tapestry from India, you know, maybe you incorporate it as part of a gallery wall so that you're mixing those souvenir items with items that say you got at Home Goods or Crate and Barrel, items that aren't as laden with personal memories. Because I do think that 
If everything in your home is special, it can look somewhat like a curiosity shop. It can take away from the uniqueness of each item. So carefully curating your home so that it's a mix of personal and generic, I feel is truly the best way to make your home accessible to guests because we don't want it to look like they're walking into you know, grandma's house where every single piece has years and years of history and memories. That can feel almost too personal. But by blending in some of those generic accessories or moments, right, it can also help you to really curate your style and bring in some of your personal feel with those international pieces. So Molly, I hope that helped. It has been great talking to you guys again this week. If you have questions, don't hesitate to send them in. And remember, if you're a premium member, you go to the top of the pack. So make sure to let me know in the subject line that that's the case, and I'll read your question first. All right, send those questions to info at affordableinteriordesign.com. And until next time, have a great week. Bye. asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.